0: Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, you will get practical nutrition and health tips for both you and your entire family. I am a registered dietitian. I'll give you step-by-step plans to reach your goals, easy tips to stay motivated, and my favorite recipes that I know you will enjoy too. Nutrition and health doesn't have to be boring or grueling. Let's enjoy the journey while we strive to reach the destination together. So grab your water bottle and notebook because it's time to get started. Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm so excited to be here with you today because we have some great information to share. Today's topic is all about Christmas and the holidays, and we are going to deep dive into a whole bunch of topics. Uh, We're going to talk about traditions, we're going to talk about this concept of traps and balances. Um, and we're going to finish up with some mindset work and some mindfulness tips. So again, this is going to be a jam-packed episode, so make sure you have your notebook and a pen handy because there's going to be a lot of tips. Uh, that's what I specialize in. You know, there's a lot of great concepts. There's a lot of good ideas to talk about when it comes to nutrition, but what are those practical tips? Like, tell me those. Give me those those quick wins so I can build on that and gain confidence in what I'm doing. I love to share those quick wins with people. So we're going to jump in first and talk about traditions. So when I started thinking about what are the most common holiday traditions, um, I came up with baking Christmas cookies, uh, looking at Christmas lights, and making the gingerbread house. Now, your family may have other traditions, but these um, are probably rooted around food. And so I just wanted to give you some of those quick tips on how to do them a little bit healthier. The first thing I want to tackle is cookies, baking Christmas cookies. Guys, I have seen so many things throughout the years when it comes to what clients do around baking Christmas cookies. In fact, this probably tops all of the stories of all time. I had a client one time tell me that she and a bunch of her girlfriends take off for an entire weekend, and they make, oh goodness, thousands upon thousands of cookies. And that may not seem too outlandish because I know a lot of you guys make lots of cookies, especially if you're getting together with family members. Uh, But this group of women particularly, they do a shot every hour on the hour, all weekend long, while they're making their cookies. I must have, I don't, I don't know, I, my jaw dropped when she told me this. I'm like, how are you ladies even coherent enough to make cookies after the third or fourth hour? Like literally, I would be in a corner somewhere, passed out if I did that many shots. Uh, but she's like, oh yeah, it's a tradition. We've been doing this forever. I am not endorsing this behavior. Let me make sure I'm very clear with that. But you know what? I've seen a lot of things over the past, you know, close to 20 years. I've heard a lot of stories. And um, so I want to talk about Christmas cookies because it is a great tradition. It is something I enjoy doing with my kids. It's an opportunity to do something hands-on. It's something that everybody can participate in no matter how old you are. And I enjoy the process too. What I don't enjoy then is having all the cookies in my house and then having to try to come up with the willpower or the motivation not to eat all the cookies. So if the plan is to get rid of all of them, I am completely on board. But if the plan is to have, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of cookies in your house until March, maybe we can do things a little bit differently. Typically, one of my best uh, practical tips when it comes to cookie making is don't make quite so many. Or if you have a recipe that calls for, you know, five dozen or ten dozen, cut it in half. Cut it in quarters. I once had a client who was notorious for making a ridiculous amount of cookies during the holiday season and, um, But then she was upset because she was the one eating all the cookies. And so I had her do this thing. I had her have all her children sit down at the table. I think she had four kids living with her at the time. And I said, don't tell anybody what you're doing. Just have them sit at the table, give them a piece of paper and a pencil and ask them, if I were to only make one cookie this year, what would you want it to be? And you can't discuss it with anyone around the table You have to decide for yourself. And do you know what those kids wrote? Chocolate chip. And she looked at me and she's like, do you know how many hours I used to spend making these intricate cookies and cutting them out? And all they want is chocolate chip. I was like, well, there you have it. You don't have to spend hours and hours making all these cookies and getting angry when nobody eats them when all they want is chocolate chip. So make some chocolate chip cookies and be done. And for her, it was such an awakening moment. Like, huh, oh my goodness. All these years I've been making all these cookies because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And yet all this time, all they wanted was chocolate chip cookies. And so ask your family, if I were to only make one cookie, what would it be? You might be surprised. They only want one kind. And after they have them a couple times, they probably don't want them. So making big batches of cookies isn't necessarily the best option. Just something to think about. I personally, we probably make two, maybe three different kinds of cookies. And two of the cookies that I make are ones that I do not like. Uh, one of the cookies I make are these Andes candies cookies. So they have mint in them. I am not a fan of eating mint. It reminds me of brushing my teeth and I don't like to brush my teeth and eat at the same time. So I'm not a fan of mint. So I will always make these mint chocolate cookies because the rest of my family enjoys them. They can sit in my house forever and I won't touch them. And then I typically will sometimes make a coconut based cookie again, because it feels more festive. I'm not a big fan of coconut. So again, those cookies can sit there all day long and I won't touch them. Uh, the other cookie I do make is like that peanut butter, what do they call it? Peanut butter thumbprint or something? The peanut butter with the chocolate Uh, Hershey's Kiss in them because those are Jim's favorites. So I make them. I do like them, but I try to only make one dozen of them so that way I can have a cookie and move on. And then the rest of them are things I don't like or we give them away. So those are my tips with cookies. Christmas lights. A lot of people have the tradition of driving around the town or where you live looking at Christmas lights, maybe getting some hot chocolate, eating candy, or Caramel popcorn while you're looking at the lights. Again, lovely tradition. Nothing wrong with it. But maybe we can just lighten it up a little bit. Maybe instead of having hot chocolate, you can have a spiced tea. Um, Maybe like an apple cinnamon tea or something that feels festive or a pumpkin spice tea. Um, Maybe change your caramel popcorn to lightly salted popcorn or get the skinny taste popcorn. Uh, something that, you know, you can feel really good about, still participate with the family, but just do it in a little bit healthier way. And then finally, the other tradition that I could think about was gingerbread houses. Um, Guys, let's just be real here. That candy is not good. And so one of the tips that I always give people when it comes to mindfulness is to savor what you're eating and make sure you really enjoy what you're eating. I want you to like it, There's no reason why we need to eat foods that are not tasty or eat foods that we think we should eat. You know, a lot of people call them diet foods. I want you to really enjoy what you're eating. Uh, But we can all agree that the candy on the gingerbread house are not good. And so don't eat mediocre foods or don't eat disgusting foods just because they're there. If you're going to eat something that's higher sugar, make sure it's worth it. So that way you can move on. Otherwise, If you don't like what you're eating, your brain is going to want to do over and then you're going to eat more calories. So those are just my quick tips on some of the traditions around the holiday season and how to make them a little bit healthier. Now, the thing with traditions is we don't have to get rid of our traditions. Just because they have food involved doesn't mean we have to abandon them completely. Just like I mentioned above with the three tips, with the cookies and the hot chocolate and the gingerbread house. You don't have to not do them. You don't have to be scared of them because they involve food, but we just wanna make sure that the tradition is wrapped in who is around you during the tradition. It's about being with your family. It's about being with your friends. It's about being with your loved ones. Um, I remember one, oh gosh, this was years ago. I had a client who she loved Thanksgiving and she used to make this big, huge spread every year. And her family, her immediate family, husband and two kids, um, you know, they would, they just didn't care about it too much. Like they would eat some of the foods. Uh, but then they'd get up quickly. I know her one son was training to be a Navy SEAL, so he was you know, very interested in keeping his weight and his fitness level at a certain level because he was trying to um, get accepted into the program. Um, her daughter just really didn't like a lot of the foods for Thanksgiving. And every year, this woman would get so upset that she went to all this trouble. She spent hours and hours and hours making all this food, and nobody in her family was appreciative, and nobody really ate it. And she's like, but this is what Thanksgiving is all about. I said, well, it doesn't have to be. In your head, that is what you think Thanksgiving is all about. But what if, you know, what what foods need to be on the table for in order for it to feel like Christmas to you, or I'm sorry, in order for it to feel like Thanksgiving to you. But honestly, we can substitute the word Christmas here or um, Passover meal or whatever you want to insert here. And so she said, okay, in order for it to feel like a holiday meal to me, I need to have turkey. I need to have, you know, stuffing and I need to have green bean casserole. I'm like, all right, then that's all you need to make. Just those three things. And so she's like, but it doesn't feel like Thanksgiving. I'm like, that's not true. That's the story you're telling yourself. And so she came back. She made those three items for Thanksgiving. And instead, the family went on a hike. And she said her family could not stop raving about how much this was their favorite Thanksgiving ever because they all did something active. They all did something together. Mom wasn't in the kitchen the whole entire time slaving over a meal and then getting angry at them for not eating the meal. They said it was the best Thanksgiving they ever had. And my client was also beaming because she's like, they were so happy. And I realized that's all I wanted them to be is happy. I wanted them to enjoy the day and enjoy the meal. And I felt like I was doing all this work and they weren't, they weren't grateful for it. But the amount of gratitude they showed me on that day and how loved I felt and how great it was to be with everybody. That is what I've been searching for this whole time. So I want you to question, you know, are there some traditions that you're doing just because you think that's how it's supposed to be done? You know, are there new traditions that you can build that are based on activity versus food? Just a couple things to think about. Now, I do want to move into some of the potential traps of holiday foods. So it's very similar to when you go out to eat. I always tell people there's, you know, one of three lanes. You can either do the appetizer route, you can do the drinks route, or you can do the dessert. But try not to pick all three. Pick a lane and go with it. Well, it's the same thing during the holidays. It's the appetizers and snacks that get a lot of people. It's the drinks, whether it be alcohol or eggnog um, that trip people up. And then the other part is the desserts. So let's just put a little bit of attention into each one. When it comes to the snacks or the hors d'oeuvres, a lot of times we are eating a meal's worth of calories in the hors d'oeuvres, and then we walk into the dining room and eat an entire meal that we're not even hungry for. So when it comes to the appetizers, just be careful. Be really mindful of how much volume you're eating, especially if you are looking forward to a meal immediately after. Very rarely um, in my experience with clients, do I ever have somebody tell me that they are so excited for the artichoke dip that's the appetizer before the Christmas meal. When people think of Christmas or when people think of their holiday meal, they usually are describing the foods at the main event, the main dishes, whether it's the meat, or the starches, or the um, desserts. Those are the things people talk to me about that they're excited about. It's never about the appetizers. It's never about the hors d'oeuvres. One thing that usually trips people up is nuts. I know uh, growing up when we used to go to my aunt's house for Christmas, she always had this big glass um, bowl of nuts. And every time I would walk past, I'd grab a handful and every time i walk past again, i grab another handful. And then when I became a dietitian, and I realized, oh my goodness, there are about 400 calories in a half a cup of nuts. If you're grabbing nuts all day, chances are your calories are going to be a little bit over than what they're supposed to be. So be careful of the nut container. Make sure that, you know, if you're walking past and it's just habit to grab some, You know, you're thinking about maybe grabbing them every other time instead of every time. Create some balance. Um, When it comes to alcohol, for some of you, alcohol is a big part of the holiday season. For some of you, this is how you get through the holiday season. uh, Because you're, you know, talking to family members and you're seeing people that you haven't seen in a while. Um, The only thing I talk about when it comes to alcohol is you can have as many drinks as you'd like. Just make sure you drink 20 ounces of water in between each beverage. If I tell you to only have one glass of wine or one mixed drink, typically my people get very angry, resentful. Ugh, that's never going to work. I need more than that. And so when you're already in that defiant mode and mentality, a lot of times you're like, screw it. I'm not going to do it. I'll just do what I want to do. And I'll I'll. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll work on the diet tomorrow. We're not doing that. We're going to do it today. We're just going to do it a little bit differently. So I don't play that game. I tell people you can drink as much as you want throughout the night. Just make sure you have 20 ounces of water in between each beverage. It's just enough to slow you down. It's enough to keep you hydrated. Make sure that um, you don't get sick the next day uh, or you don't have headaches the next day. Um, But it just makes sure that you're... um, doing what you want to do and staying in alignment with your goals. And then finally, the last trap that usually trips people up are the desserts. All right. There's a lot of cookies. There's a lot of pies. There's a lot of cakes. There's a whole lot of things. And so, again, the recommendation or here's your quick win is if you eat a piece of if you have a cookie or you eat a piece of dessert, just make sure you eat something healthy along with it. So I always like to give the example, if you're gonna eat a cookie, then make sure you eat an apple too. How easy is it to eat eight cookies? Very. How easy is it to eat eight cookies and eight apples? That's a different story. If you have to eat eight apples, it's totally gonna slow you down and you're gonna feel ridiculously full from all that fiber. So again, it's not that you can't have the cookie, it's just I want you to eat an apple along with it. And it will just keep you more mindful of how much you're consuming. When we eat a lot of sugar, after a while, we don't feel good. And when we don't feel good, we're not very motivated to make good, healthy choices. In fact, we feel so terrible, a lot of times we just reach for more terrible foods because it's quick and convenient. All the good, healthy stuff takes work. When you don't feel good, you don't feel like doing work. That's actually another tip I like to give my clients. For me personally, I always try to start my day off with the healthiest breakfast I can. I noticed for me, when I start my day with a lot of sugar, um, whether that be in the form of pancakes with syrup or French toast or donuts or pastries or anything like that, When if I start my day that way, I don't feel great and i notice that my decisions throughout the day are also not that great if i start my day off with a good solid breakfast so i'm talking about my eggs or i'm talking about yogurt with fruit um, or cottage cheese and fruit or i'm trying to think some uh, avocado toast when i start my day with those foods i feel energized i feel clear-headed and i tend to make better choices later on if i start my day with all that sugar I notice I'm not making good choices at all. So if you are going to have sugar, if you are going to have that French toast casserole uh, Christmas morning or some of those really high sugar foods, that's great. Let's balance it with some fruit cups or some protein like chicken sausage or something that is not just so focused only on the sweets where it makes the rest of our day harder. So these are just some, again, some really quick tips for you guys. I want to give you those easy wins so you can get through this holiday season and feel really comfortable and confident in what you're doing. Um, let's talk about mindfulness a little bit. Let's switch gears a little bit and just talk about mindfulness. The only tip I want to give you over this holiday season is make sure that anything you eat is on a plate. And when you're eating on a plate, that means no picking from the bag, no picking from the bowl. I know things look different this year with Christmas. Um, There's a good chance we're probably not getting together with extended family. Um, So there's not going to be everybody's hands in a bowl picking stuff out. But in general, from a nutrition standpoint, we don't want to eat out of the bag or out of a large bowl. um, Just because we tend to eat more calories that way. Uh, So with my recommendation, make sure you're eating from a plate. That means no eating out of the bag. That means no eating cookies as you walk from the kitchen to the living room. That means no hiding from your kids and eating cookies behind the cabinet door or in the bathroom. I'm not saying I haven't done both of them at one point in time. Uh, That also means no standing over the sink because you don't want to make a mess, but you're too lazy to get a plate out because, you know, it's just one or two bites, right? We tell ourselves it's not a big deal, but the thing is it is a big deal. When we sit down and we eat from a plate, it shows intention. It says that this is what I want to do. It sends a signal to your body that this is what we're doing right now. We are eating. And when you are paying attention and you are practicing mindfulness, you are going to eat with more alignment to your goals. A tip I recently heard was before you eat anything, before you even put the food on your plate, is go ahead and take your finger, your index finger, and trace the plate with your finger. I go around the outside loop with your finger, and it's just a connection point. Um, It's a very tactile connection point that you're looking what you're doing. You're feeling the plate underneath your finger, and it signals to your brain, hey, right now we're going to eat. I'm not gonna be distracted with my phone. I'm not gonna be distracted with um, a television screen. Right now, I'm going to eat and pay attention to what I'm doing. And guess what? When you pay attention, you can feel things like satisfaction cues and fullness cues that you can't necessarily feel if you're distracted by some other things. So taking your finger and tracing the plate before you eat reminds your, your brain reminds your body tells yourself this is the only task that I'm going to achieve right now or I'm going to work on right now and it's going to help you with both making sure the foods you want on your plate are there and the portions you eat are what you want them to be so I tell my clients all the time if you're not willing to get a, a plate you're not that hungry. How true is that? If you are not willing to get a plate for it, you are not hungry. A lot of times we'll be at parties or picnics and there'll be a, you know, a basket of chips. I'm just going to take one or two. We'll go get a plate for that. I'm not getting a plate for two chips. That's ridiculous. If you're not willing to get a plate, chances are you're not that hungry. Now, if you haven't eaten all day and chips is the only thing available at the party, you absolutely, most definitely are going to go ask for a plate and sit down and eat them because your body is giving you signals that you're hungry. But to just go grab two chips, that's not hunger. That's just eating something because you've seen it, not because your body actually needs it. So just another tip. Over this holiday season, I want you to work on making sure everything you eat is from a plate. If you want to have a cookie, fine. That's great. Just make sure you eat it on a plate and make sure you grab that apple along with it. All right, last tip of the day. We're going to talk about watch your mindset. All right, typically we fall into the mindset trap, the all or nothing mindset trap over the holidays. We also call this dichotomous thinking, black or white thinking, however you want to name it, whatever you want to call it. We do it all the time. And so all or nothing thinking is either I'm doing it all right and I'm getting it perfect or it's all wrong. And since I already screwed up, you know what? January 1st isn't too far off. I might as well keep going. And then January 1st, when everything magical happens, I'm going to start making good decisions. Right? That's what we think. We struggle with making good decisions now, but we think that there is something magical that's going to happen January 1st. I know for our family, my, not probably won't happen this year because of COVID, but my husband's family used to always get together January 1st instead of Christmas, just because it was an opportunity that, you know, everybody could be there, um, if, People needed to go to the in-laws for Christmas. They weren't gonna miss out on anything. So their day to get together was always January first. Now, if you have this mentality that you're gonna start your diet on January 1st and you go to a party January 1st, how likely are you going to be successful? Well, now all of a sudden now I gotta push it to January 2nd. Well, January 2nd isn't, you know, doesn't have the same pizzazz and, you know as January first. So now I'm already behind the eight ball. I might as well just give up because it's not going to happen this year. Do you see how ridiculous that sounds? We have such a perfectionistic demand. Is that even a word? We have such this a demand on ourselves to be perfect, and that's never going to happen. We want everything to be lined up. We want all our ducks to be in a row. We want the exercise. We want the fitness. We want the sleep. We want the stress management. We, need, we want to do all the things perfectly. And then when one of them gets off track, then we think we failed. And therefore, we stop trying. And you know what? We get really good at failing. And, and we get really good at not trying. That's all we're doing. We're practicing failing. I once read this quote that said that failure is not not succeeding. Failure is not trying. And the minute that we're not perfect, we stop trying. And we're not going to do that. Next week, we have this great episode all about um, setting goals the right way, especially setting health goals for, for 2021. So you absolutely need to tune into that one. But I want you to just think about... What is your goal over this holiday season? Are you looking to maintain? Are you looking to lose? Are you okay with gaining a couple pounds? Like, What what do you want to achieve out of this? Be honest with yourself. You owe yourself that much, to be honest. Maybe instead of trying to do everything perfect on top of all the demands of the holiday season, maybe you just work on one goal. Maybe your only goal over this holiday season, the next week or two, is to just make sure you sit down and eat from a plate. Maybe that's it. That's more than enough. We don't have to be perfect. And then once that perfection doesn't come to fruition, quit. Let's do different this year. Let's be different this year and get different results. Maybe your goal this year is to just every time you eat a cookie is to eat an apple. That's perfect. That's fabulous. Pick one small thing that you can focus on and get a win instead of trying to set yourself up for this crazy, intense, um, I don't know, like idea of what you think this should look like and then not measuring up and then thinking you failed. So you might as well just keep going because January 1st is around the corner. Let's not do that this year. All right. So. Lots and lots of tips in this episode. Hope you guys found this one to be helpful. Um, Let me give you your recipe. I started thinking about, okay, what healthy recipe do I want to pass on? But you know what? I'm not going to do that this year. I'm going to pass on the Andy's candy cookie recipe that I make for my family every single year. Now, I want you to notice that in this recipe, it makes approximately 10 dozen cookies. I'm not going to give you the ingredients for 10 dozen cookies because that's ridiculous. Nobody needs 10 dozen cookies. I'm going to half the recipe. So we need about one third cup of butter. We need three quarter cup of brown sugar, one tablespoon of water, one egg, one cup of chocolate chips, one and a quarter cup of flour. Three quarter of a teaspoon of baking soda, a quarter teaspoon of salt, and a little bit well ten dozen cookies calls for three boxes of Andy's candy, so I guess get two because you can't buy one and a half boxes. Alright, so here are the directions. In a saucepan over low heat, you're gonna melt the butter, and then next you're gonna add the sugar and water. Next, you're going to add your chocolate chips, and you're going to stir until they're partially melted. Remove it from the heat and stir, and then you're going to let it cool for about five minutes. Next, you're going to add the eggs and all the dry ingredients, and mix with a mixer on low speed until blended. Next, you're going to chill for an hour, and then make them into little balls, and bake on an ungreased cookie sheet at 350 degrees for 10 to 13 minutes. And then here's the trick. Once you take those cookies out of the oven, you're going to put an Andy's candy mint on each cookie. And then you're going to get let it you're going to let it get soft, and then with the back of your spoon, you're going to swirl the mint candy over top of the hot chocolate cookie and then let it cool on a baking rack. So, this is the holiday cookie that I make Every single year with my kids, Uh, they really enjoy it. Um, just make sure that, uh, you're not eating all of them yourself over the sink. You're eating them on a plate with an apple. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening this week. Take care. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the nourish, eat, repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate review and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Bodymetrics Health or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.